But let me tell you what the Bible says about that. The Bible said that the kingdom of God is not just with power, just with words only, but in power. It was the kingdom of God should have power to it. it. Let me just make an announcement. If you're a follower of Jesus, you should experience the power of God in your life. We, we used to sing an old song years ago, went like this. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought, made since Jesus came into my heart. And it talked about the power of God coming into our lives and changing us at heart level. And dear ones, I, I needed changing when I found Jesus. Well, am I the only one? So I said, yes, right over here. <laughs> no, we, we all need changing. And let me tell you, if we, even if there's some things like, I want to quit this and quit that. On the other side, is anybody here who would like to have more joy in their lives? How'd you like to be done with the discouragement? Wouldn't you like to just have the touch of God on your life? Well, dear ones, this, this Bible faith is supposed to have power behind it. it. It's not just supposed to be you and your strength. Now, American Christianity is pretty much in your own strength, you've got to do this. But the Bible teaches clearly the gospel is good news of great joy. Jesus will change you. The Spirit of God is supposed to come inside every believer and do something from the inside out. This is New Testament Christianity, that the power of God is supposed to come in our lives and change us from the inside out. And not just try, quit, try, you know, try not to cuss, try not to smoke, try to give a little money. You bore me to tears. I want something better than that. If Jesus is who he says he is, he should be able to change people and keep on changing them through and through. So that's the good news of the gospel. I just want to take one, one thing we want to say tonight. The gospel is the power of God to change your life. And I want you to see how he does it tonight from scripture. Let's look at one verse in Romans chapter eight concerning power to change and power to be healed. Romans chapter eight. It's a wonderful verse when it talks about some things going on. But the Bible says in Romans 8, 29, and this is talking about people that God's called himself for whom he foreknew. All right, let's stop right there. Do you believe God knew you before you were born? You need to be convinced of that. The scripture says in Psalm 139, before I knit you in the womb, I knew you. Jeremiah talks about, I knew you before you were formed. Well, the Bible said whom he foreknew, that means he knew about you before time, before you were born. Over in Second uh, Timothy, it talks about before time began, he knew you. I can't understand this stuff, but I believe it. All right, the Bible said in Romans 8, 29, whom he foreknew, he foreknew, he predestined. The scripture says whom he foreknew, he predestined. Y'all believe in predestination? Right there it is. He knew you before time. He, he predestined, now destined means destiny. He planned some things for you before you were born. Whom he foreknew, he predestined. What does it say? Romans 8, 29, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that Jesus might be the first of a bunch. Before God ever, before you were ever born, God knew you. And what did he look at you? What did he want you? What was your destiny? What was he thinking about? Does it say that you're to change into the image of his son? Or does it say you are to be conformed? You're to be conformed. Obviously, you can't do it. So the Bible tells me before time began, God saw me. He knew me and he decided, when that boy's born, I know how long he's going to be a sinner. I know the day I'll touch his heart. I know the day that I'll draw him to myself. He'll confess his sins, I'll forgive him. And then by my spirit, I'm going to start working in him. And I'm going to start making him like my son. Do you see me doing anything in there? 
All I have to say is yes. Who does all the work? Whom he knew he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Then it goes on to say, he called him, he glorified him. There was New Testament Christianity is when God calls you and then he begins to work in your life to change you. What am I moving toward? Just like Jesus. To be made into the image of Jesus. I just want you to see one simple truth here. When folks tell you, you got to do better, you got to straighten up. This book says God does it. That he changes us by his power. And then said, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Let's see it another way. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 is, that, is the great passage where the Bible says that what a great marriage is, is my relationship between me and Jesus. My personal relationship. Everybody in here, you don't need to go to church and be a good person. You need a personal relationship with the Son of God. You need to know Him personally. And in Ephesians chapter 5, I want you to look at what it says. Let's put it in verse 25. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loves the church. Now, when he talks about churches, he's talking about the building. Is he talking about the denomination? Who's he talking about? When the Bible says church, who's he talking about? People. He's talking about people. Don't ever think Baptist church, Lamb's Chapel, think the group of people that God's called to himself. The Bible said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. Maybe you think Jesus died to help people. The church. I right, watch this. <clears throat> that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Jesus died for the church. Tell me what he wants to do with the church. You know what the word sanctify means? Neither do I. I do know what it means. I don't, I don't know why they keep using these words because nobody knows what they means. It just means to make beautiful. Sanctify means to work in your life to make you beautiful. Completely unto Christ or like Jesus. So the Bible said that he died for me to do something that he, he not me, he might sanctify me. He might make me beautiful. And uh, how's he going to do it? Is somebody going to pray for me? Nope. I'm going to be prayed for. Am I going to have to try? That's not what it says. Let's read it again. Whom he might sanctify, verse 26, he might sanctify and cleanse with the washing of water. What? By the word. This is the great mystery. And we're talking about supernatural power. This is a work of God. That the spirit of God takes the word of God inside of me and changes me from the inside out. It's not that I hear in the Bible, thou shalt not steal, and I try to quit stealing. That's not it. It's that I see the beauty of Christ in that word, and as I receive that word inside of me, that word by itself will change me from the inside out without me even trying. It's the power of God on the inside to change me over time. Now, the Bible said that Jesus died for me so that he could change me and cleanse me and wash me with the water of his word. Next verse says this, that he might present me to himself. A beautiful church. One of these days, our goal is to get there and to see Jesus spend forever with him. Let me show you one of my favorite verses in the Bible while we're here, verse 29. No one ever hated his own flesh. Are you with me? Nobody abuses his own flesh, but cherishes and nourishes it just as the Lord does the church. What's Jesus think of you right now? What's he doing? The Bible said that Jesus does two things. He absolutely adores the church. That's you. He cherishes the church. And what else does he do? What's nourish mean? takes care of, feeds, cares for. Can you see clearly in scripture here that Jesus died to get a group of people and he's going to work in their lives by the power of his word and he adores those people and he cares for those people. 
That's a living Jesus in the earth working in lives today that'll walk with him. We're not talking about go to church, try to be good here. We're talking about Jesus doing something in the earth today. And this is the, this is the great work that's going on in my life. But I want, you to, I want you to listen to me, dear ones. We've gotten away from this in American Christianity. We're suffering for it. It is by the word of God and the spirit of God on the inside that change comes. Healing for screwed up life. People have got this garbage, you can call it baggage, garbage in the past. They're struggling with crap in the past. And they want people to pray for them. That's not his way. His way is for the word of God to get inside of you and heal that stuff. Inner healing comes from getting the word of God. And says, well, I don't see how just reading Bible verses is going to change me. Don't argue with the man. I'm not talking about this man. <laughs> he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. Some of you struggle with depression. You need to get rid of it. Let me show you how to do it tonight. Some of you are suffer from low self-esteem and, I, and that crap. That needs to be gone in Jesus' name. But you don't need to be prayed for. You need to do it the way he wants it done. Some of you got bitterness and anger from the past. You can't let go of it. You need to let this work in your life right here. Anything in, in me, inside of me, that's not like Jesus is changed and healed by getting this word on the inside. Let me show you what's different about it. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 4. Now you're going to have to trust God on this one. You're going to have to trust him by faith. Hebrews chapter 4 has a great verse in it that talks about the Word of God. And it says this, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this, The Word of God is alive and powerful. Dear ones, like, this is like no other book. It's, it's, not the, it's not the paper and the ink, dear ones. It's that the Holy Spirit of God who's in the earth, He's watching and waiting for somebody to pick this thing up. And He's waiting for somebody to look at what's in there. And when you look at what's in there, that's when He comes along beside it. It's the mystery and the miracle of God's word. Hebrews chapter 4, 12, the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Now listen to these words, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit. This is why this book is different from any other book. You pick up a novel, uh, it touches your emotions, it touches your intellect. You pick up a math book, it touches your intellect. This book goes beyond your soul. You can spend time in this book, it'll go beyond your soul. It'll go down inside your spirit. It will pierce the dividing line between your emotions, your intellect, that's your soul. It'll actually go into your spirit. Dear ones, when you're meditating on God's word, certain parts of it, when you're meditating on it, something's happening down inside of you, whether you know it or not. Listen to what the Bible said. The entrance to thy word brings light into my heart. It, this word does something on the inside. His way to give people freedom and healing is to get this word inside of them. This is the mystery of the word of God and the seed of how it works. <clears throat> I want you to, uh, I want to, I have you ever heard this verse before? Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. You ever heard that? Yeah. I bet you a dollar to a donut you don't know what it means. He said, Brian's pretty simple. You hear what it says and you do it. I told you you know what it meant. Turn with me to James chapter one. I'm going to show you something. James chapter one, one of the most misused verses in the Bible. I have to correct preachers on this and I love to do it. James chapter one, see if you've ever heard this, that verse. Listen, don't pull any verse of the Bible out of its context. Look at what's written around it, okay? James chapter one. Uh, if I were to ask you here tonight, is anybody here that just got some things about you you don't like? Don't, don't say anything. Most people I know have got some things they'd like to change. Here it is right here. James chapter one. 
James chapter 1, verse 21 says this. James 1, 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with humility the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Amen, Brother Brown. The word of God will save your soul. No, you're thinking about your getting saved. This is not too much being saved. Your soul is your intellect, not your heart. Your soul is your intellect. We, we misuse the word soul. We interchange it with heart and spirit. Your soul is your intellect, your will, and your emotions. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. You understand that? That's why the Bible said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be perfected on the day of Jesus. All right, you understand your spirit's where you touch the spirit world with. That's called your heart. It's right down in here. You have a spirit. But you have a soul. That's your intellect, your emotions, and your will. Some people are screwed up in their emotions. They've got damaged emotions from things that happened in the past. A lot of us are screwed up in the mind. We all are. Everybody's fallen. And, uh, and then you've got, you move around in a body. But the Bible said you need to receive the implanted word and it will, over time, the word perfect is better. Over time, the implanted word will perfect your emotions. It'll perfect your mind. It'll perfect everything on the inside. Receive the implanted word. It will save your soul slowly. Now, I'm talking about you can be saved and be screwed up on the inside. You can be saved and have fear. You can be saved and be hooked on pornography. You can be saved and be terrified of things. Well, yes, your heart belongs to Jesus. You're going to heaven, but there's something screwed up on the inside. But it is the implanted word that heals and saves everything on the inside. Let's read it a little further and see what he says here. Verse 22. There it is. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Now that sounds like, take out of his context by itself, it sounds like you should read, thou shalt not kill and you need to stop killing. You can't get amen on that. But I want you to listen to this. Verse 23. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his real face in a mirror. Wait a minute. What has me looking at my head in the mirror got to do with doing the word? I'm telling you, this is not about reading thou shalt not steal and quitting stealing. All right, verse 23. If anyone is a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man who observes his real face in a mirror. He observes himself, goes away and forgets what kind of man he is. But he who looks into the perfect law of freedom and continues in it, he's not a forgetful here, but doer. God's hand will be on this man's life. He'll be blessed in what he does. Let me help you with this. If I were to ask you to describe yourself, I'd say, tell me about you. And you'd, I'd say, tell me 10 things about you. You'd say, well, you know, I, I get nervous real easy. I, 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 I'm pretty good at this. I struggle with this. I got some hangups here. You'd describe yourself. I would say you described yourself wrong. Let me tell you something. You are who God says you are. And the only way you're going to find out who you are is to look at your natural face in the mirror of the word. You see, when I look in the, when I just look at me in a real mirror, I see, um, I see a few good things. I see some bad things. I see some hangups. I see old age. I see gray hair. Everybody's got this image in themselves, but when I look in the Word of God and I say, Dear God, I want to see myself in this Word. I look in there, I see a man that is predestined, chosen, 
desired a son of the living God, completely forgiven, perfectly righteous, justified, accepted, cherished, God's delight, blessed, valuable, complete, light, capable, an ambassador for Christ, a conqueror, gifted, favored, pleasing, and a new creation in Jesus. That's me. You say, dang, we need to keep you. (laughs) You know where I got all that from? If you will look into the word of God, you'll see that's who you are right there. He said, Brother Brown, you don't know who I am. Listen to me. You don't know who you are. A man who looks into the Word of God and he meditates on these truths right here, and these are all through Scripture. He meditates on those. Let me tell you what happened. You get in the Word of God, you begin to meditate on that. Down inside of here, it gets down in here, and you start changing. And all of a sudden, instead of being a can't get nothing right, I'm, you know, I'm just from the poor side of town, and I've screwed up. You don't quit talking. You quit seeing yourself like that. You'll start seeing yourself right there. We're changed by receiving the Word of God. Now, you know what it means to be a doer of the Word, not a hearer? I mean, a hearer, not a doer. It means to hear what I just said, but you don't live like that. You observe your natural face in a mirror. God shows you who you are, but then you walk away from it and you forget what kind of person you are and you go back to being who your mama says you are, culture says you are, your boyfriend says you are, the devil in hell says you are. Why would you let the devil in hell tell you who you is? You'd be surprised how much he's put in your head. Maybe it's time to get him out of your head. I was bought at a price. I belong to Jesus. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am who he says I am. But I can't pray for you and make that happen. You can't try to believe this. You have to receive the word in your soul. Get it down inside of here. And over time, slowly, you will be changed from the inside out by receiving what that word says about you. This is the way we get healed on the inside. People have got scars from the past, things that have happened to them. They're wounded. If you ever wonder why people act like they act, because they're wounded from the past and they're scarred from the past. So I'm, I'm just, this is who I am. That is not who you are. And you need to get in this word and let this thing get in your heart and change you. I've, I've known people have had horrible things. I've had horrible things happen to me as a child. I can stand and stare at, this, at, the, at the reruns and it don't bother me a bit. It don't, don't bother me one bit. You know why? I've been healed on the inside. The Word of God's gotten in here. Matter of fact, I rejoice in it. And there is the Word of God on the inside is the only way to have lasting change and to be transformed from the inside out. That's what it means to be a doer of the Word, not just a hearer. Come here and say, man, I just, man y'all are conquerors. You're overcomers. Hey, Amen. Go out during the week and you're lowering a snake's belly in a wagon rut. You heard it, but it didn't get down in here. And it didn't change from the inside out. This is the power of God to change. All right, let me ask you a question. Who's working in your life? Spirit of God, the very Spirit of God should be working inside of us. So just work with us. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 3.18. See it again. In 2 Corinthians 3.18. I met a girl a while back and she was a prostitute. I'm not, I did, I did, she wasn't a prostitute when I met her. and certainly wasn't in a professional way. We weren't doing business, that in other words. She was a prostitute. She'd been a prostitute for years. And I've met a lot of prostitutes. I've been blessed. I love to talk to girls like that. And let me tell you, every single one of them I ever talked to, let me tell you what I learned about them. They were so wounded as a young lady. They were so hurt as a young girl. Uh, that this, this, These were not uh, kids that were brought up well and things went well and they just decided to go that route one day. These people were so wounded from their childhood and the abuse they suffered that they naturally fell into it. And... Um, I met this lady and uh, was talking to her and she'd been a prostitute and, and then she'd met Jesus 
Well, her heart, she was born again. She's a new creature in Christ. But guess what? There's a lot of baggage coming out of that lifestyle. But she got in that word. And in a couple of years, and after I, as I was talking to her, I, I almost wanted to say to her, you're lying to me. I've met folks who came out of that. You, you, you don't see it in you at all. I mean, she was lady first class all the way. It just wasn't there. You know what had happened? She not only got saved and began to follow Jesus, the word of God got inside her and so transformed everything out of her past that it was gone. And she was so different from just the word. I'm telling you, the word is magic. I shouldn't say that. It's supernatural. It's alive. When this word gets in, you put it in your heart. The spirit of God goes in there and it is the tool he uses from the inside out. I'd have met another young lady not long ago and she said the reason that she did, she said, I am a, this is her own words right here. I am a totally worthless human being and I'm not worthy of anybody loving me. Well, she'd been raised like that. She'd been abused and suffered like that. Well, she don't just need to pray to get saved. She needs to receive the word of God down in her spirit to where she is no longer a worthless human being. She is valuable. And she is, she, is, she is worthy of love. God's, you can get saved and suffer the rest of your life. It's only receiving the word in your heart that changes you. I'd have known people, and I was one of them, who had a, because of things that happened in childhood, the most awful temper. I had the most terrible temper in the world. I mean, I'd just, I'd whoop you in a heartbeat, jump out of the car and start fighting at a light. Somebody look at me funny. Well, you know, you get saved and uh, you can get your heart saved, get your name written in heaven, but a lot of that garbage is still in there. Now, you you talking about amen for me or amen for all of us? All right, thank you. Well, you know, I'm born again. I know this is not right. I hated that temper. And I didn't want that thing to be in there. And no matter how much I prayed, you know, you just do something terrible. You pray. And finally, a man told me, he said, you pray all you want to. It's not going to change. I said, well, you pray for me. He said, I ain't going to help any. He said, until you get the word of God that applies in that area and you start pouring it in your heart and you eat it and you get it down in there and you meditate on it, and I'm telling you, over time, oh, I wish I had one. I wish, I wish Oral Roberts had bopped me on the forehead and I'd been healed. That'd be so much easier. But my ways are not your ways. But I'm telling you, over time, the word of God got in there and transformed that thing to where I just, nothing bothers me anymore. And I didn't try. They ain't no sense. Listen, when you're hooked, you can't try. You got to have help. Well, the power of God comes through this word. And I saw it, that you get the word of God inside of you, heal you like that. I've known men that were absolutely hooked on pornography, ruined their families. And they say, I'm sorry, you can't help it. It's just, that's, well, there's, there's the demonic is behind the pornography. Now, there's the demonic in the pornography. But you know what? I said, listen, you pray all you want to, beat yourself up all you want to. But until you get this word down in your heart, nothing's going to change. And over time, it gets in there and changes from the inside out. 2 Corinthians 3.18 is a great picture of this. 2 Corinthians 3.18 we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the beauty of the glory of the Lord are being changed into the same image glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. What does the Bible say? You get in this word, you begin to behold the beauty of Jesus and you begin to see the wonder of Christ and without you even know it, the Spirit of God will go to work in your heart and it'll change you into what you see in Jesus. What does glory to glory mean? Slowly over time. Over time, it just, just the word of God changes people. And one day, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to say, I ain't even close to the person I used to. The junk that used to bother me don't bother me at all. And I, I've never loved people so much in my life. Well, I'm not trying. Something has happened inside of me. That's the power of the gospel. It's the Spirit of God working on the inside of people. And the Spirit, very clear, the Bible said the Spirit of God is the one that changes people's lives. 
I've known people that are just dangerous. I had a dear friend, Steve Irvin. Steve, we became dear buddies. Steve was the president of the Motorcycles Outlaw Gang. And uh, they're, they're not known for being your, your Mr. Rogers type. Now, Steve, I mean, bikers are pretty rough anyway, but Steve was, he's scared. He's still scared to look at. Hope you ain't watching, Steve. He's still scared to look at. I mean, he was just mean. And, uh, you know, he got saved. And by an act of God, he got saved, gave his heart to Jesus. And then that, that man, he got in the word of God. He began to eat that thing and it got inside of him. He became one of the most tender-hearted human beings I ever met. He did not do that. He couldn't have done it. He was too mean. I mean, Steve would shoot you in a heartbeat. He pimped his wife to make money. He mean. Do you know what happened? He not only got saved, he began to get this word of, down in his heart. And he was so transformed. I'd watch him just sit there and just still had that old long black hair, had that big bushy beard, about the size of a jukebox. And just great big old fight. I'd sit there and watch him tears run down that beard as he wept over those people that were in trouble. Just the most tender-hearted man. Well, how'd that happen? You know, God's got to do that. You can't will that. That's the Spirit of God. Well, the Spirit of God must work in every person's life like that. But it's by receiving the Word down in your heart. You've got to get that Word down in your heart and get it inside of you like that. That's why I but Let me show you where Jesus taught on this. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Let's look at the great teaching here where Jesus explained. Then was you ever wondered this? <laughs> Why do some people start following Jesus and they're transformed and they have these great lives? Other people start following Jesus and it just don't work out and they peter out and they're not even going to church for long. You ever wondered about that? That's Mark chapter four. I want you to look at this with me. Mark chapter four, where Jesus explains, this is how I work in people's lives. Mark chapter four, the whole passage is about the power of the word of God to work in people's lives. Let's look at this. Uh, let's look at this quickly. Mark chapter four. He tells a parable. I'll just let me just summarize the parable. He tells this parable about a guy who a sower went out to sow. A farmer goes out to plant seed, and he planted his seed all over. He broad, matter of fact, not role play. He broad, you know, broadcast means take your seed and you just throw it. So he broadcast his seed all over. And listen to what he said. Some of the seed fell on a hard, hard path, and birds came and ate the seed. Some seed fell. On rocky soil, the soil had so much rock in it, and it did come up a little bit, but it couldn't get any root. And so when, when the warm air came, it just died. And some seed fell on ground that was so choked with weeds and garbage that it tried to grow, but it couldn't grow because the weeds choked it out. But some of his seed fell on good soil. And it just grew up, and it, uh, it had a bumper crop 30, 60, 100-fold. You think he's talking about growing pickles and, I mean, corn and cucumbers there? He's talking about the Word of God in people's lives. And there's four kinds of people. He said, you got people who, they're just so hard. And then he explains it. He says, let me tell you about the prayer. They asked him, what does it mean? He said, let me tell you. He said, those where the Word is sown on hard soil, he said, the Satan comes and steals the Word of God from them. And they, no, I can't do anything for them. Satan steals the word from their hearts, and hard means hard heart. Secondly, he said, these are those who are sown on rocky soil. They hear the word of God. Great things begin to happen, but then they get offended. Tough times come. Somebody does something. They get offended, and they lose the seed. And then the third group of people, those that receive the soil, but there's so much junk in their lives, the pursuit of money and other things, they just... They don't give God any attention. They don't give the word any time. And the weeds of their lives just choke the word of God out. Nothing good ever comes at it. But then the fourth group, these are they who receive the word of God continually. 
A word gets in their lives and they don't know how it works, but great things just happen all around them. It is the power of the word of God getting in there. Now he summarizes it in one, two verses. Look at me in Mark chapter four, where he said this in Mark chapter four. All right, verse 30, uh, 26, Mark four twenty-six. He said, the kingdom of God is like a man that should scatter seed on the ground. By the way, guess what the seed is? You know what the seed is? Well, look back over in, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to buy me some glasses one of these days. All right, look in verse 14. The sower sows the word of God. There is the seed is the word of God. You know, you know the seed has magic in it. You can take a seed, apple seed, corn, kernel corn. If you'll put it in the ground, you put it under the right conditions, it will grow fruit by itself. You don't have to plead with it. I never know there's a miracle in every seed. God put miracle in every seed. Well, his, his word is that seed. And he said in Mark chapter four, verse uh, 26, the kingdom of God is like a man that should scatter seed on the ground. Now listen to me. You think this is talking about putting uh, corn seed in your field? Or is this about sowing the word of God in your heart? This is about getting the word of God in your heart, getting inside of you. The kingdom of God is like a man who sows seed on the ground, should sleep by night, rise by day. What does that mean? Over time. He just continually put the word down inside of him over and over. The word just going in consistently over time. Rise by day. Now watch what happens. And the seed will sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. There's the miracle. I take the word of God and I just sow it into my heart. I meditate on it. I eat it. I believe it. I listen to it. And over time, something begins to happen. I do not know how. I'm telling you, there's a mystery in the Word of God to get it inside of you. You just don't know how. And then watch what he says here. It happens very slowly. <clears throat> Sprout and grow. He, verse 27, he himself does not know how. Verse 28, for the earth yields crops by itself. God will change your life by himself if you'll just get the Word in there. Now, I farm a little bit. I love to pecker with it. If I had to make a living at it, I'd starve, but I love to pecker with it. And I put my seed in the ground. I don't have to stand out there and coach it. I just have to get the right seed in the right soil under the right conditions. By itself, that seed will bear fruit. I don't, I don't even have to be out there. When you get the Word of God in your heart under the right conditions, God will transform your life and you don't have to try. He himself does not. You don't even know how it's happening to you. This is the miracle of his word on the inside. Let's read this, verse 28. The earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the full grain in the head. You understand that, don't you? Slowly, slowly over time. Nobody's going to pray for you and change you overnight. Change doesn't come overnight. The Bible talks about bearing fruit. Does fruit pop out or does fruit grow slowly? Fruit grows slowly. Our lives, listen, the fruit of the Spirit, the love of God, the joy of God, the kindness of God, the patience of God. Nobody can pray for you. That grows slowly as you receive the word on the inside. Just like corn. Corn takes 90 days for it to fill out. And uh, verse 29, when the grain ripens, he puts in the sickle because the harvest is coming. Now, what did Jesus say in that little parable right there? He said, changed lives come from receiving the word of God over a long period of time. And slowly, slowly over time, it just keeps happening. And this is the promise of the Father. This is how he changed lives. All right. <clears throat> I'm praying about this one day, and he said, let me show you a picture of this. The Old Testament is a physical picture of New Testament truth. All right, now here, here's one of them that he showed me. 
Uh, years ago, there was a man named Naaman. Anybody remember Naaman? The second Kings chapter six. He was the commander of the Syrian army and Syria was at war with Israel. To this day, here's Israel right beside it. To the east is Syria. The commander of the Syrian army had been raiding Israel. All right, he, ends, he gets leprosy. You know what leprosy is? Leprosy is external cancer. It's gonna kill him. He's gonna die from leprosy. A little maid girl that had been captured in Israel said, there's a man in my country can heal leprosy. And said, if you'll go see him, he'll heal you. That's good news to a man that's dying. It's like, if you had cancer, I know a fellow down in South Carolina can heal cancer. Go see him. That's what she said to him. So he packs up his entourage. You know, the, Syri the commander of the army, he don't ride around in a Yugo. He got his entourage and he takes off. And, and he goes to Elisha. Now, not Elijah, Elisha. He goes to Elisha's door and he knocks on the door and he said, I've come to be healed. So Gehazi was his servant. He went inside, he told Elisha, he said, this, there's some big wig out here, got a whole bunch of chariots and he's here to be healed. And Elisha didn't even go out. He said, go tell him to dip himself into the Jordan River seven times and he'll be healed. There was everything in the Bible's got a, there's, there's a message in the mystery. Now, <clears throat> let's just time out right here. Does that make sense to you? You got leprosy, tells you to go jump in the river seven times. Don't make a lick of sense, does it? I just thought up the saying, I want you to be the first ones to hear it. He will offend your head to test your heart, to see if you will trust him so he can be good to you. All right. So the little servant guy says, uh, Mr. Uh, what did you say name was? Mr. <laughs> Mr. Uh, uh, name and he said, uh, my master said for you to go um, jump in the river. Seven times. Was that God's word? He will offend your head. And uh, the Bible said he was furious. And he said, listen to this. He said, I thought surely he'd come out here and put his hand on me and heal me. You need to quit telling God how to do his business. And you need to say, I'll do it like you say, do it. And he said, and if I were going to jump in the river, you think I'd jump in your little mud hole down here? I'd go back to my clean river in Syria. And he's stomping and snorting and dying. You don't need to be stomping and snorting when you're dying. <laughs> little servant comes up and said, sir, if he'd asked you to give $1,000 to orphanage, you'd have done it. Why don't you just go jump in the river? And he said, you're dying anyway. So he goes down to the river. There, there's something here that we all need to learn. There was an element of humiliation in this. this. Joint chiefs of staff don't go jump in the river in front of women washing their clothes. But he needed humbling. Our father's always working on our pride, isn't he? I love it. He's going to leave mine in shreds before it's all said and done. Which is great because humility is where the blessing of God is. So he goes down, ladies are doing their laundry and they're watching all these chariots and these big wigs and this guy with the brass. And, and he, he marches out there waist deep in the river and dunks his head under. Dunks his head under. And the ladies are watching him, wondering what's going on. And the Bible said when he came up the seventh time, his flesh was new like a little child. He was healed. If we just do what the man says, what's that all about? And he spoke to me and he said, son, I want y'all, if you would do it my way, I would help people. He said, that's a physical picture in the Old Testament that if people will immerse, what's the, what is the word of God always in the Bible? It's water. That's why it washes us with the water of the word. Water is always a picture of the word of God. He said, if my people would immerse themselves in my word, you know what the number seven means in the Bible? Number seven is the most special Bible number in the Bible. That's why Jesus' number is 777. 
The number seven is always the number of perfection or completion. So, Brother Bond, how much, how much do I have time to have to spend in God's Word till it's done? Till you've done it the right amount of times. He said, if my people would immerse themselves in that Word, they would be transformed. This is my way of changing people's lives. We want people to pray for us. We want to try harder. We want an accountability partner. It is to get the word of God inside of you. And that changes people from the inside out. This is the, this is the power of God to change people's lives. All right. Let me point you back to the, everybody should have this right here. Uh, psychologist, Christian psychologist, secular psychologist will tell you this. You got to read something or meditate on something 30 days. Some say 25, some say 30 days in a row for it to become a reality to you. You ever heard that? You have to practice a habit, do something 30 days in a row for it to become real to you. Right there it is. I'm going to make a promise to you. Let's go 60 days. You take that, you meditate on that 60 days in a row, you'll be a changed person. And you didn't have to try either. That's the power of the Word of God. If you'll just immerse yourself in that Word. All right. I don't know what the right number is. If it's 30, I'm going 120. I'm one of them people, if one is good, 68 is better. I'm going to overshoot whatever he says. I received my life calling in 1983. In 1983, God spoke to me, says, what you can do for the rest of your life. It was as clear as a bell. We still go back to it, 1983. And uh, I wanted to be an evangelist. I was going to be a traveling evangelist. Because see, an evangelist gets to come to town, tear everything up out of town. The pastor has to straighten it out. Evangelism is easy. And they get paid pretty good. They're always driving Cadillacs. Must be a good life. And I want to be an evangelist. And, and uh, the Spirit of the Lord said that, nope, I didn't make, you're not going to be an evangelist. Let me tell you what, this is the call on your life. The call on my life is found in John chapter 2. Just as, Christ, as if God were to walk right up to me physically and say, this is what you're going to do the rest of your life. I'm sitting in Siler City and he showed it to me. Uh, I'll just quote it. Do you remember John chapter 2 where there was a picture in there, the first miracle Jesus ever worked when he turned water into wine. And uh, they were at a wedding. He'd been invited. They ran out of water. So his mother came, so I'm excuse me, ran out of wine, said they don't have any wine. And uh, they had six pots. They were vessels used for religious purification. Just religious vessels. They were empty and they were hard and they were no good to anybody. And Jesus said to them, remember what he told them to do? Fill those pots with water. Your part is to put the water in the pot. So they filled, and by the way, it was 180 gallons total, 30 gallons piece. He said, fill those pots with water. They filled the pots with water. And when he got done, he said, now take some out, take it to the DJ or the head of the feast. Let him taste it. And he tasted it. And apparently he was one of them wine snobs, like some of you ladies are. He's one of them wine snobs. And he said, this is the good stuff from Italy right here. This is the high dollar. And he went to the groom and he said, most people, when they, after the guests are sloshed, it's in there, sloshed, said after the guests are sloshed, they break out to Boone's Farm or the Ripple, but you kept the best stuff till later. And he was surprised that he'd kept his great wine till after everybody was sloshed. Go read. If you're Baptist, it's not in your Bible, but it's in there. <laughs> and the first miracle Jesus ever worked said his disciples believed on him right then. Because didn't it seem strange to you that the first miracle God would ever work would be to supply 180 gallons of wine for a wedding? Do you know how much money that is on that high dollar snooty stuff? Thousands of dollars worth of wine. Well, anyway, that was my life call right there. You see, to get sloshed? No, that's not my life call. <laughs> I am the vessel. I am the hard, empty, religious vessel. It's not any good to anybody. He said, you're going to spend your life pouring the Word of God inside of you. You just get the water of the Word inside. You're going to spend your life pouring the water inside of you. 
And your job is just to pour it in, pour it in, pour it in. And then it's going to come back out of you, teach people, and to be a blessing to people. That's your life calling right there. And that's all I need for you to do. So from that time, I started spending two to three hours a day just meditating on the Word and reading it. And number one, it changed me tremendously from the inside out without even trying to change. I've never tried to be a Christian. You say, yeah, we noticed. I've never tried to be one. The Word of God changes people. And it is the power of the Word of God to change people coming out. All right, now let me help you specifically for areas that you need help in. And let me tell you something, dear ones. If you'll do what I'm showing you tonight, before long, you'll, you'll say, there is a God. I mean, I believed in Him, but now I know He's real. Only God could be doing this inside of me. God is here now. He's helping me. There's power to change. And, and, and listen, listen to me. Not just get rid of the bad stuff. I think I've told you this before. When I was in school as, as just a young boy, I was scared spitless. I'd, I'd take an F on a book before I'd stand in front of people. I was scared of people. You know, I was raised sort of warped and all messed up. But the Word of God changes people. It just, it's not just about getting rid of the bad stuff. Many of you would love to have this great life. You dream of this great life. Right there it is. It's to get that Word done on the inside and let it change you from the inside out. All right, I brought my cards to show you. Um, what area do you need help in the most? What area do you suffer in the most? Now, you know, people uh, say, well, I, I need boldness. Well, I don't need much help there. I got, I'm blessed. But people need different help. And different. Where, are you, where do you suffer the most? Find where the Word of God applies to that. This is what I do. I'll find it. And I'll, I'll write down verses on cards like that right there that are in that area. And I'll, ju I'll just... I'll just, I go down the road. I'll just sit a lot of times. First thing, I'll just sit there and I'll just meditate on those verses. That's, that's right. I'll just be staring at them, just reading them. And I'm enjoying them. But let me tell you something. The entrance to thy word giveth light. Something's happening when you get this word inside of here. If you're, if you're a person, you struggle with fear, fear of the future, fear over your children. Find every promise of God that rid you of fear. Put them on them cards and you meditate those things. And before long, you'll say, you know, I'm not bothered about stuff anymore. It's the power of the Word of God going on the inside like that. Most people need a rebuild on their, what we call self-image. They need a God image. Right there it is. Now, I was raised, uh, I don't go into too much detail, but to me, God Almighty was an ogre. He was mean. He was hard. He couldn't be pleased, and He hated me, and I was, He was going to send me to hell. That was my bit. That's what I thought God was. Well, He sure didn't give that to me. And even, even, you know, and I, I just, I scared of him because he's hard and he's mean. Well, you know, that's a screwed up heart right there. That's a screwed up head. There's a man in Matthew 25 that didn't want anything to do with God all of his life. And after his life at the judgment seat, he was asked, why didn't you want something to do with me? And he said, I knew how hard you were. Let me tell you something. The God of heaven is not hard. As a father has a tender heart toward his children, so the Lord does toward those who honor him. He's good. Well, on this side right here, he is. He's the dearest friend I've got. I'd spend the rest of my life just sitting talking to him if I could. He's everything wonderful. Right there is who he is. But as you can't read it one time and change all the garbage on the inside. It takes time. And over time, that word gets down in there. You know, anybody ever heard of the Grand Canyon? You ever seen, anybody ever been to the Grand Canyon? You know how long it took to make it? Day and a half. Water ran over that thing a day and a half, and the Grand Canyon was cut in a day and a half. Anybody, is that right? E or nay? Year after year. Did you know that water cut the Grand Canyon? But it took a long time. 
The water of his word will change you from this. And by the way, it don't take, it don't take 1,900 million years like scientists say. 30 days, you'll see a life change if his word gets inside of you. Every believer I know needs that right there. And by the way, these are in the back back there. He is. And you need to meditate on that until that's deep in your heart. And then that's who you are right there. Quit but telling you a simple truth that I've heard all my life and I think it's right. We walk on two legs. What we believe about God and what we believe about us. Those are the two legs you live your life on. There's nothing more important inside of you than what you believe about God and what you believe about you. If either one of those is wrong, you will be crippled in life. But when both of those are right and line up with His Word, you can run and not be weary. You'll walk and not faint. And so every, I believe every believer, in, I go through this every day. You say, Brother Biden, you've been doing this for 40 years. It don't hurt to keep reading it. I go through this every, and I, del- I just, I just, I eat this stuff. My heart delights in His Word, as King David said. But whatever area, let me mention a few, whatever area, if you're a person who struggles with nervousness and anxiety, dear ones, get a promise book because the promise is where the word of God is categorized. You find every verse in that Bible where it says, where it talks about peace. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Find every verse in there about peace. Meditate on them 30 days. You'll sleep like a baby. It's the power of God to change our lives in there. Uh, if, you're, <laughs> if you're a person who struggles with a heaviness and depression and whatnot, Find every verse in there about the joy and the gladness of the Lord. And you meditate on them verses. And let me tell you what happened. Before long, people, get, people start saying to you, boy, you sure are happy today. You didn't even notice it. I mean, all the time, going through checkout lines, the girl always said, boy, you sure are in a good mood. You sure are happy today. And I said, well, it's, it's my religion that's required. I have to be like this. <laughs> my preacher keeps telling me I have to be like this. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, happy, didn't mean to be happy in public. And sure didn't mean to be happy in a Walmart because ain't nobody set me happy in a Walmart. You ever been in there? And the way people dress in there, I'm getting out of line here. Did somebody do you wrong in the past? You have a hard time letting go of it. Get every verse in here on the forgiveness and kindness of God. Meditate on it. Before long, you will weep over them and love them. That's the power of the Word of God. The people that hurt me so bad as a child... I blessed them, prayed for them, cared for them, and taken care of them. That was not my nature. I wanted to kill them at one time. I met a young lady one time. She said, I live to kill my daddy. She said, I'd hear those, I'd hear those tires hit that gravel on that driveway. I'd take a butcher knife and go hide in the closet because of the things he'd do when he'd come in drunk. And she said, I hated him, despised him. But she said, I got saved, and I was still warped and said, the power of God, the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, got inside of me. And said, I took care of him the last days of his life and cared for him like a baby and loved him dearly. That's the power of God's word. But you've got to get this word inside of your heart to make that kind of difference in there. Uh, whatever it is, I want you to get this inside. This is, the, this is the wisdom and life of God. But you've got to get it inside of your heart. I'm going to tell you I'm big on them cards right there. If you're ever behind me, number one, I'm, I'm the one driving slow, so don't give me the finger. I just love to drive slow. I mean, it takes a long time to read these cards, so I, I don't need a bit of her. I'm reading them cards and I'm driving slow, having me a big time. Plus, if you'll ever notice, I'm not on my cell phone when I'm off in the ditch and then crossing the yellow line. Well, my officers are here and I better behave. When I go in the ditch, it's not a cell phone. It's this right here because I read and get excited. I say, Praise God. Whoa, whoa. I have to buy him a mailbox, I guess. Man, this is good right here. Get this stuff inside your heart. There is no substitute for the truth of God getting in there. And get the little promise books if you, need to, if you have trouble finding them. We categorized them for you in the promise books. 
what to do when you're struggling with anger. There's every verse you need right there. It's the Word of God broken down bit by bit. And you've got to feed yourself. All right, let me tell you what I've done tonight. If you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, somebody finish it. Teach him how to fish, he'll, he'll drop 40,000 on a new bass boat, have to have a raptor to pull it with. All kinds, have to bass pro cards, and then you'll never see him on the weekends rest of his life again. The American church is going to die if it doesn't get back to the Word of God. This is the power of God to get back inside of our lives. And I want you to do this. I want so much for people to get the Word of God in them. I'm, listen, do me a favor. Do not start in Nahum and start reading. It'll bore you to tears. Get the great promises in here and get them in you. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I want to praise you and thank you for your goodness and your kindness and your mercy. I thank you that there is salvation with God. I praise you that you do save people's hearts for eternity. I thank you that the moment we accept you as our Savior, our names are written down in eternity. Greatest gift we could ever have. So that we could truly say, if I should die before I wake, I know the Lord my soul will take. Father, I praise you and thank you for eternal salvation. But Father, there's a lot of people sitting in this room got a long way before they see you face to face. I pray for those that struggle tonight with internal issues. Things they just... Nobody knows the garbage that's inside of us except you, Lord Jesus. I thank you that your heart is tender toward people that struggle. But I pray tonight people will hear that your answer is the Word of God. It's to get the truth of God down inside of their hearts by meditating on it. I want these people to do so well. I want them to be blessed as the man who meditates in your Word day and night. He will be like a tree planted beside the rivers of water. Brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf won't wither and everything he touches will be great. I want him to be like that by getting this word in there. Plant your word in the hearts of those that read it. I just praise you and thank you. You can give me the seed, but I'm the one that's got to sow it. Thank you for every person in here. You've saved our lives from eternal destruction. Now save our daily lives from the garbage that's been inflicted on all of us. We trust you for that. Thank you for being such a wonderful Savior. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.